This podcast is made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Welcome to The Bells, episode four of the Go Bronx podcast. I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the legendary poet and writer Edgar Allan Poe. Most people know him as the author of The Raven and short stories like The Murders in the Rue Morgue. He is considered the inventor of detective fiction, though his style was considered gothic or horrific because he wrote a lot about death and dying and bodies and murder. But he also wrote about love and loss, even if it was in some grim sort of style. Yes, Poe was a pretty complex man. Here is what we know about his early life. He was born in Boston on January 19, 1809, to David and Elizabeth Poe. His father abandoned the family just a year later, and his mother dies a year after that, supposedly of consumption, what we know as tuberculosis today. Poe and his siblings were orphaned and then separated at adoption. Poe was adopted by John Allen of Richmond, Virginia, which is where the Allen part of his name came from. Mr. Allen was a wealthy merchant who gave his adopted son a good upbringing. So he did have a good childhood, You would think the contrary because of the tone of his writings. Yeah. In 1815, Poe was sent to grammar school in Scotland, then boarding school in London. He was there until 1820 before he returned to Richmond to his family. Poe also attended the University of Virginia, then newly founded by Thomas Jefferson. However, he managed to get into gambling debts and dropped out. This period is when the relationship between he and Mr. Allen started souring. After traveling back to Boston to work menial jobs, Poe enlisted in the army in 1827. He supposedly lied that he was 22 when he was in fact 18 years old. Stationed at Fort Independence at Boston Harbor, Poe wrote his first book titled Tamerlane and Other Poems that same year. Three years later, he moved to Baltimore with his father's side of the family and completed his second book, Al-Araf, Tamerlane and Minor Poems, which was published in 1829. A lot of people don't know that Edgar Allan Poe was a cadet at West Point, America's oldest and most prestigious military academy even today. Yes, indeed. And Poe was a model cadet there as he excelled in his studies but had a teeny trouble with authority. He balked at the strict military discipline and continued his shenanigans with gambling and drinking and began to flagrantly disobey certain orders. Getting into the final throes of extreme debt and not having Mr. Allen bail him out like usual, Poe was finally court-martialed in 1831, only one year after joining the Academy. Okay, we now see when things start going south. Well, yes, a gradual descent. In March 1831, Poe's literary career began to pick up when he moved to New York City and completed his third volume titled Poems. But soon enough, Poe was back in Baltimore due to his brother's ill health. His brother William died in August of that same year. Poe continued on with his career despite it being one of the least lucrative professions at the time, especially for Poe, who solely depended on the earnings of his work. It was also a difficult time for writers as copyright law was non-existent and publishers paid their writers miserable wages. When John Allen died in 1834, 
Poe discovered that he was left out of the will, compounding his misfortunes. Searching for better salary and opportunities, Poe bounced from one publication to another, even finding himself terminated as an assistant editor of a Richmond periodical for reporting to work drunk. He was back in Baltimore by 1835. Ay, 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 no AA in the 1800s. I also heard that Poe was uh, quite a ladies' man, right? Poe got engaged and married a couple of times in his life, but there was one marriage that stuck out that we all can never forget. Yep, he married his first cousin when he was 27 and she 13. I mean, seriously, who does that? Well, Poe does in 1836. Virginia Eliza Clem was daughter to Maria Clem, who was sister to Poe's father. Apparently, Poe was fond of his child bride and cared for her deeply, and she loved him too. Something that would be scandalous today, but at that time was commonplace for teenagers to marry. But marrying your first cousin was still seen as a bit odd. There is a lot of debate about this. Some biographers believe Poe was just overprotective of his young cousin. Others believe it was a matter of convenience as Poe was making a name for himself and earning somewhat of a living. Whatever. So his work included declarations of undying affection to a great deal of female names, some a mystery, right? Yes. In 1842, young Virginia was showing signs of tuberculosis when the family lived in Philadelphia. Apparently, she had ruptured a blood vessel in her neck as she sang and played the piano. This was the beginning of the deterioration of her health. Poe was deeply affected by this and began to drink heavily and soon began to show his sorrows in his writing. One poem, Lenore, written in 1843, shows a clear example of this. In it, Poe describes the death of a young, beautiful woman and how she will reunite with her husband in paradise. Many scholars correlate this with Poe's own experience with Virginia's rapidly declining health due to her sickness. It is unclear if Lenore was an actual person, but Poe's use and emphasis of the letter L in names of women mentioned in his work, such as Eulaloon, Eulalie, and Annabelle Lee, is quite hard to ignore. Interesting. Well, my favorite of his is the poem To Octavia. But Octavia, do not strive to rob my heart of all that soothes its pain, the mournful hope that every throb will make it break for thee. That's very good, Olga. I know. We'll be right back with more Edgar Allan Poe and more poetry readings from our hosts. Get it, baby, get it! And now, for a little segment we like to call, Yo Angel! Yo Olga! The Lincoln Memorial, a huge tourist attraction in Washington, D.C., has its roots in the Bronx. Explain, please. The Lincoln Memorial was designed by a family of Italian immigrant sculptors from Carrera where the marble was said to be as soft as butter. Like butter. They were the Picciarini brothers, who arrived to the Bronx in the late 1880s. At their studio on East 142nd Street, off of Brook Avenue in the South Bronx, the Picciarini brothers carved out a large rendition of famed sculptor Daniel Chester French's statue of Abraham Lincoln. Today's Lincoln Memorial statue was shipped out of the South Bronx in 28 pieces and assembled at its present site by the brothers in 1921. Now you know. 
1844, Poe had made somewhat of a name for himself in the literary world. He was recognized as a good editor, busy lecturer, and overall aspiring writer. In that year, Poe moved back again to New York City, only this time accompanied with his young wife slash cousin and mother-in-law slash aunt. He found a job at the New York Evening Mirror, and a year later, published a work that made him a household name, The Raven. Although he got paid around $9 for it, Poe's work won him literary acclaim from his contemporaries and gave him hope that this was finally his big break as a struggling writer. He soon became editor and then owner of another publication called the Broadway Journal, as The Raven was getting published in other magazines. Unfortunately, the Broadway Journal tanks, leaving Poe once again in financial instability. Sky can't catch a break. But before we continue, let's take a quick break for some sponsor information. The world has changed a lot in the last year, and more than ever, you need health insurance you can rely on. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield is the whole health company, and that means they are dedicated to improving the health and well-being of everyone in the Bronx and throughout the New York service area. They've been supporting the health of Bronxites for 86 years, providing you access to high-quality, affordable care. To learn how you can make a whole health connection, go to empireblue.com. Sigourney Weaver here to tell you about the New York Botanical Garden, 250 acres, 1 million plants, and you. Now open in the Bronx. Plan your visit at nybg.org. The Residence Inn by Marriott Bronx at the Hutchinson Metro Center on East Chester Road. This all-suite hotel offers an at-home feel with fully equipped kitchens, luxury bedding, a fitness center, free parking, free breakfast, and free Wi-Fi. Grab a bite to eat at their complimentary social hour or order a local craft beer at the bar. It's better in the Bronx. The Residence Inn by Marriott Bronx. For reservations, call 718-239-3939. In June of 1846... Poe and his family, his wife-slash-cousin and mother-in-law-slash-aunt, moved to the village of Fordham at Westchester County, now the Bronx. Tell us how that happened. By that time, Virginia's health was really bad. At the young age of 24, Virginia's body was ravaged with tuberculosis and was often bedridden. Before moving out to the countryside of the Bronx, Poe and his family lived in several locations in Manhattan. As you can imagine, a lack of flushing water and street sanitation created the worst environment for tuberculosis victims, and living outside the city would be ideal for young Virginia's condition with the lung affliction. So, Poe rented a small cottage at Fordham from a John Valentine for $100 a year and moved his sick wife-slash-cousin and mother-in-law-slash-aunt into the modest little house. In November of 1846, Poe wrote at the cottage, perhaps one of the world's most suspenseful short stories, The Cask of Amontillado. Mmm. Did they find a wine cellar and brick wall in the basement of the cottage years later? Huh? Never mind. Anyway, The Cask of Amontillado gave you an idea of Poe's torment living at the cottage with his young, sick wife. 
He was dirt poor by the time and depended on his friends for resources and medical care for Virginia. Maria Clem spent her time tending to the household and to Virginia while picking up dandelions in the fields to eat. Poe spent a lot of his time writing. The countryside's crisp but pure clean air wasn't enough to cure young Virginia's lungs. She died in bed in January 1847, plunging Poe into a deep depression. Poe began to drink intensively again, and his writing became more vivid and depressing than ever. The following month, Poe wrote Ulaloon, which was basically an ode to his recently departed young wife. Such a sad situation. So there, there's a postcard believed to be of Virginia's death pose, yeah. which was at the time a painting of a recently deceased person in a sleeping position. Very creepy, but she was beautiful. Yes, and Poe missed her very much. As the years gone by, his concentration became more unstable and writings became even more erratic. At the cottage, he wrote a poem inspired by ringing bells of a nearby chapel located on the campus of St. John's College, now Fordham University, and simply titled it The Bells. Okay, go ahead, give it a shot. Okay, here's some of it. Keeping time, 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 and a sort of runic rhyme to the tintinnabulation that so musically wells from the bells, 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 from the jingling and the tingling of the bells. Vincent Price ain't got nothing on you. Ha! I don't know about that, but okay. In November 1848, Still reeling from Virginia's death, Poe continued to make some erratic decisions with his life. Four days before boarding a train to Providence, Rhode Island, on a lecture series, he tried to commit suicide by ingesting a high dose of laudanum and opium. Some say that his gaunt look and bags under the eyes noted in one of his daguerreotype photographs taken in that city shows the effects of the attempt. Before leaving Providence, he gets engaged with Sarah Helen Whitman, a woman he met three years before. She leaves him soon after because of his excessive drinking. Without missing a beat, Poe travels back to Richmond, Virginia to reunite with another lover, Sarah Elmira Royster. Poe is a player. Well, his gallivanting days will soon end, and we still don't know to this day what exactly happened. Correct. In late September 1849, Maria Clem, the mother-in-law slash aunt, received a note from Poe stating that he will return home to escort her to Richmond for his wedding with Sarah and that he will continue to support her once he got another job. Unfortunately, Mrs. Clem will never see Poe again. On October 3rd, Poe was found sitting outside a saloon called Gunner's Hall. He was wearing someone else's clothing and fell into fits of delirium. After withering and experiencing hallucinations, Poe finally died in the hospital on October 7, 1849, and no one knows why. Some say he was beaten during a robbery or a cooping, which was a normal occurrence during an election where the unbeknownst are lured to a secluded place, plied with alcohol, and sent out to a polling place to cast a vote. That same person was brought back, clothes switched out, and plied with more alcohol only to be sent back to the same polling place to cast another vote for the same candidate. Others believed he drank himself to death or had an unknown illness that did him in. Regardless, 
It is ironic that the death of an American writer who inspired the mystery writing genre remains itself a mystery for so many years. The Poe Cottage is still standing and can be found on the Grand Concourse and Kingsbridge Avenue in the aptly named Poe Park. Yes, and the Poe Park Visitor Center was built in 2014. It's a community center and restroom facility covered in gray stone slate and an inverted pitch roof that is supposed to look like a raven in mid-flight. One notable thing that happened in Poe Park in the shadow of the cottage was when two young men in the 1930s got together to create gothic stories. Yes, they came up with an idea to create a superhero they would refer to as a dark knight, someone who has a troubled past and determined to help the people of the city. But that's for another show. Another show indeed. Well, thank you, Angel. I enjoyed reciting poetry with you. That's our show for this week. Thank you all for tuning in to our Go Bronx podcast, produced by the Bronx Tourism Council and made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Additional promotional support is provided by NYC and Company. Mucho thanks to our pod headquarters, the Huntington Free Library and Reading Room, for hosting our recording. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GoBXPod. To access some of the links mentioned in this episode and for more information about previous episodes, go to GoBronxPod.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our e-newsletter. As, As always, always, I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. Bronxfully yours. yours.